Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So my husband got me this present, and it looks like a tennis racket, but it's actually metal where you would have the strings, and you turn it on, and you zap bugs with it, and they, like, <laughs> burst into flames. It's so much fun. We have one of those. <laughs> Our dog is terrified of it. I think for good Do reason. Do you really? <laughs> I had never seen anything like it. I was like, what is this? And we've had a lot of flies recently. And I'm like Walter White and Breaking Bad with the flies. Like they drive me nuts. <laughs> and so, yeah, now I can I can zap them. It's great. I'm just picturing you out there like, you know, one of the Williams sisters just uh, swatting yeah. the flies. and Swatting the flies. <laughs> Do they have one of those in their house? I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> So we've got a lot going on business-wise. Wait, what does the fly about. tennis racket have to do with anything, by the way? <laughs> I just wanted to share that personal story okay. with oh. you because I got okay. to kill a fly this morning. And they like, it's when you first do it, it's really scary because they like zap. It's really loud. And um, I just killed a fly in this very room. So, you know. Achievement of, of the week. <laughs> Goal for next week. Kill two flies. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. I like, it's great. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, great. Now that we have established your fly killing abilities. Heck yeah. Man, work so good. I am in such a good place. I'm so excited to check in with you and tell you about everything that is happening. Let's do it. Yeah. So first things first, I had kind of, I think like almost a month or two months ago, I had talked about hiring a contractor and I was dragging my feet on it. One, because it's hard. But also, I think part of the reason I was dragging my feet on it would be because this this person is essentially replacing me. And so it's a huge risk, a personal risk for me to hire someone to replace me because then I don't have consulting revenue. And so I did it anyway. Yeah, you found someone? I found someone. He already started. He started yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I did it. I hired someone. And, you know, you never know how it's going to work out, but it seems all signs are promising. And I'm trying, I'm really, really trying to get him up to speed as quickly as possible. I haven't managed anyone in years. And so a mistake I think I made with um, my other contractors, I didn't give him enough onboarding documentation. So um, I think that was a little frustrating for him. And so I am trying very hard with this new person to like, I spent a whole day like making videos and building out onboarding documentation. It's not spectacular, but it's way better than I did last time. So hopefully he can get up to speed really quickly. Nice. I'm I'm happy for you. I remember you saying how hard it is to to hire people right now. Yeah. So we'll see if it works out. He actually um found me through the podcast. He reached out to me. Huzzah! <laughs> yes. So yay for the podcast. <laughs> So do you have like a goal in mind of when, like, it sounds like you're basically sort of he, you know, you're ramping down, he's ramping up like That's your goal for when he's on it a hundred percent. No, I think it's, we're just going to have to feel it out. Um, I would like to, I mean, with the, the oversight and like, I am the main touch point with them, so I'm not going to be doing no consulting, but I would like to significantly scale back. I think I told you last week or the week before that they have a big deadline they're trying to hit so I have just been working for them essentially full-time and so I just want to really aggressively scale that back as he ramps up but there's no specific like amount or date I mean we're just feeling it out we're a really small team 
Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's a that's a big development. Yeah. What else is going totally. on? Well, so we you and I talked positioning a little bit last week and there's there's been a lot of like big nebulous discussions I've been having with people about the best business model for Hammerstone and these are all really good discussions but Aaron and I were talking and we need to I think I might have said this last week but this is I have the sticky note on my computer now so I see it every day we need to fail faster right we need to find out if people want this faster yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for sitting around talking about business models. And then there's something also to be said for just going out there and trying them and seeing what resonates with people and what they're actually willing to pay for. Exactly. So I think, you know, I don't want to be in this same position in a year where, I mean, we're selling licenses. Like, it's great. We actually, someone else bought it without talking to us. So that's nice. always exciting. Win. <laughs> So that is happening, but it's happening very slowly. And we could very easily just stay on the path that we're on and kind of talk big picture and give Hammerstone time when we have time and be, you know, wherever we are, 10K ARR next year at this time if we don't change something that we're doing. That's my belief. And so we are going to lean into, for the for the next sprint, I mean, we don't really do sprints. I just made that up, but you know what I mean. For this next marketing thing we're going to lean into, we're going to lean into um, Laravel Nova. We really haven't taken that seriously, and that product is completely finished. Yeah, we actually are are running it. So Yeah, sweet. It yeah. works. So and... I, we have, and I think some of the hangups with like selling this and really doing, we have a list a mile long of marketing ideas, but I think part of the hangup with why we haven't done it is because there's still a lot of rough edges in the product, specifically on the front end. And so it's slowing us down. But we have this integration that works. You don't need to customize your front end because apparently Nova just looks the way it w- it looks. And so we're going to lean into that. So I'm kind of excited about that. We're going to take a lot of our marketing effort and really push on the Nova side while continuing to do everything we're trying to do for you know the other products, the Rails product, obviously. I work on that full time. And the Laravel product. These rough edges you mentioned for the front end, are those cosmetic things or are they things that impact the core functionality or usability of the tool? So they're more cosmetic things, but they're big. We're finding, well, we're not really finding yet. I don't know on the Rails side. I think on the Laravel side, people really want, I mean, you want your UI to match your application, right? And so, yeah, you can throw some CSS classes on there and get the colors the same or the text the same. But what I believe Aaron is finding on the Laravel side is people want like the actual way it looks to be different. And Mm. we have this like whole view flavoring system, which enables you to kind of plug in your own view components to customize it. But it's still complicated and it's still like a lot of my understanding of that and I'm not a view developer but um, my understanding of that is it's still very very hands-on from Aaron's perspective in terms of like supporting like how that works so he's really trying to get a demo site up and really good documentation around that and the rail side you really I mean it's tailwind but you can't so again you can you know 
put your own classes on it, but you can't change like the fundamental layout unless you extract the views and extracting the views is not insignificant because of the way we're using turbo frames and hot wire. So I'm super excited. Like I'm like a week, two weeks away from getting it in people's apps. So I'm super excited for that to see, you know, if, if the view thing is really as big of a deal as we think it might be. Got it. So it sounds like when people do buy it, Aaron is having to spend all of this time basically doing like a custom integration for people. Yeah, kind of. Is if that, they want it to look different. Is that And that's sort of as support and he's not, you're not charging people for that. That's correct. And so he's spending that time on helping them customize it in a very janky way. A little bit. And he would rather spend that time making... The tool itself more flexible so that people can do that themselves more easily. Correct. And people have definitively told you that this lack of customization is why they haven't bought it. On the Laravel side, yes. Okay. So, and so what I'm, and I think it's been a little demoralizing to have been work. I mean, Aaron's been working on this for years. I've been working on it for a year and a half. He's been working on it for what, like four, four years, five years. So I think it's been hard to have come so far and feel like you're not there yet Mm. so I think both from a psychological perspective and because we need to see if we need to fail faster um, we're gonna lean into selling Nova like really figure out the pricing because you know the pricing is bad for Nova figure out the pricing that's gonna be a big thing and um, just lean into that hard the next couple months while we continue to sell individual licenses and customize that for people and continue to learn right we're still in the cycle but I, I think that's going to be our, our play while we finish the other products to a point where they're off the shelf ready for you. What indications do you have that like Laravel Nova is the one you should be going after right now and that that's where the people with the highest propensity to pay are versus other versions of it? I'm curious how you came to that decision. Because people are already paying for Nova. And so you already have a customer base that has shown that they will pay to solve a problem. And it seems like, and Aaron could speak to this better than I can, like Nova is the admin panel. So you have, like I said, a customer base that has shown they'll pay for things and a lot of people are using it. So it seems like there's some potential there. Yeah, I mean, if you think about pricing right now, if you can buy Nova for $2.99, so us trying to sell an add-on for $1,000 is nuts. Like, that yeah. doesn't make sense. And so I think, I mean, we don't know what the price is going to be, but it's going to be at or below, just for the Nova integration. You don't get the rest of it, but like at or below Nova. So I think it's a huge drop in price. So Aaron and I actually had two sales calls this week, which was fun. And so our our funnel, <laughs> our funnel is still working. I just think it's such a funny word. Like, I never knew what that meant Are you until a, I... If you're enjoying your funnel, it's a funnel. <laughs> When, when it's really working, are you going to sell funnel cakes? <laughs> and so we had two sales calls this week and one guy wanted Nova. And, you know, we talked quite a bit with him about that. Like the pricing is like, I cannot sell this to my boss when Nova is $300 and your thing is $1,000. Like that literally, he didn't say he was nicer than that. But essentially <laughs> he was like, that literally doesn't make sense. And we're like, we know. But then the thing is, like, if you sell it for, I don't know, 49 or 99 right? Which I think, yeah, those are probably reasonable somewhere somewhere in there. 
maybe even more, but like you're selling this by having phone calls with people. You can't sell a product for $49 or $99 and have a phone call with every single customer. That doesn't work. Like at that price point, you're really going for, you know, volume at that point. And volume only works when people are coming to you and you don't have to talk to them before they buy. And that yeah. you don't have to talk to them ideally after they buy either. Like it should be, they should be able to just buy it and run with it. Yeah. Well, that's why we're going to do it with Nova because Nova should be, Nova is so tightly integrated. It'll be a just buy it and run with it. Because you don't have these front end issues that you have in other Because we don't places. have any, these, okay. right. The integration is so tight that you don't have, like it's, again, I'm not a Nova user, but it's obvious how to put it in and set it up with the documentation. So basically the idea is that you can, price this at some point that basically makes it a very easy sell no-brainer for people who are already paying for nova they buy it without talking to you they use it without talking to you you know there will be support issues but not like every single integration like aaron is having to do correct um, elsewhere and then basically that you can get to a certain volume that that will effectively fund you fixing it in these other places and 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 selling it in a that the full version in a more high touch, higher price point way. Exactly. That is exactly the strategy. So basically you're kind of double tracking it. Yep. That's the strategy. So have you started talking about distribution strategy and how you get to that point of yep. people finding it without talking to yeah, you or whatnot? For sure. Yes. So we have a couple ideas. I actually have a, a list. I mean, the first thing will be to make a landing page specifically for Nova, which we don't have yet. So we're going to do get together and do that next week. Then we are going to, I mean, we have all the, we're going to ask, there's some newsletter. What is it? You probably know. Laravel News? It's not a newsletter, but like, but it's like the, it's like the Laravel, well, Laravel News, because it's called Laravel News. <laughs> like there <laughs> yeah so we're gonna try and get in laravel news aaron is speaking at a bunch of conferences this fall so he'll mention it at his speaking gigs we are going to um i mean we can do it we'll probably do a product hunt launch like we're just gonna try and start getting getting that all i have a lit like all of these things like just get going on it because we haven't done anything in terms of seo like we haven't done anything well the thing is like i mean i i mean people I might be not be 100% on my definitions here, but I feel like SEO is a marketing strategy and not distribution, if that makes sense. Like, so I wonder if there are, like, is, like, you know, it's pretty often for platforms to have, like, an integrations page where you, like, scroll through and you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I need this to go with my accounting software, so I will add this integration for it and... Like, like, is there some sort of integration marketplace for Nova so that when people are installing it, they can be like, oh, yeah, we need filtering and we need like this, that and this. And we and we basically like you can buy or at least they're linked to from some central. Oh, I place. see what you're saying. Yeah, we'll have Do you to know what Taylor I mean? Like, like, yeah, like if there's we, all the... we can link out to it. Like, is um, that is that a thing for Nova? But if it's not, we should make it. I'm going to add that to my marketing list idea. Hold on. Because that would be a distribution thing of like the customers are already there. They're already looking for stuff to plug into Nova. The thing about you having like, yes, you need a landing page for it and you need to talk about it and you need to talk to people about it. But like that, that doesn't replace getting it, you know, like plugged into places, right? Like for us, like the fact that we are integrated into so many 
libraries like we're part of you know the ruby gem and whatever like that is important distribution for us because that makes it easy for people to find us because we're, we're not interacting there, there's no there's nothing being done on our side to make them aware of us if that makes sense like I guess that's how I would I guess that's how I would differentiate distribution versus marketing is like marketing you're actually involved with it versus distribution you're available somewhere I'm I'm not a marketer though so I might be screwing up those definitions but that's kind of how I think about it if that makes sense no this is an interesting idea so I don't see anything like from the Nova page, they don't seem to have an integration page. I think we have a couple options here. One, we could make an integration page. What is Scout? I'm Googling it. Um, what is Laravel Scout? I mean, presumably there's other people selling Nova integrations. Right. I, I'm curious, have you like researched what their marketing strategies are? No, but I think that this is a good idea. And I think you're right. Like they're, I mean, we can, we should make that page and we can own that keyword. That's what we should do. I, th I think you should take some time to figure out how, like, like what other Nova integrations are, are there out there, like paid ones? And how are they getting customers? I love it. I think that's a great idea. Like, it's kind of a competitor analysis, except they're not competitors. They're, like, right. colleagues. <laughs> um, let me write that down, actually. Yeah, I like that idea. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to lean into that while, whilst, while still working on our our main products i like how you almost went british there for a second and then you <laughs> went back you like while while <laughs> yeah i you know i think a huge win you know we're gonna do this next week start working on the page and also a huge win on the rail side is i'm gonna start getting the people who have paid for it like getting it into their app this month so i'm super pumped about that because it, it just has felt like a long long burn slow burn whatever that Slog. phrase is slaw i mean kind of yeah yeah like the product is so cool but it is a behemoth of a piece of software right like i think we talked about this last week it's not like a file uploader <laughs> right? yeah it is like a huge piece of software so it will be so great to get this in people's apps and actually start like seeing it live and seeing it working and making them happy yeah i mean i think that's important for you both in terms of motivation but also there's a little bit of a danger with adding more features to something that's already quite massive and mm -hmm. it's not running for a lot of people yet like that starts to get oh for sure a little bit concerning I'm not there yet but it, when you're like oh Aaron needs to like spend more time on the front end I was like really like yeah just like it's okay I mean it does sound like he does need to but yeah if it's already a big piece of software and just just be careful with it yeah no I totally agree yeah. um Totally agree. I feel like I had something else. Oh, yeah. And I'm working on my talk for Rails SaaS, which is going to be a Hammerstone demo, but I've got to like figure that out. So that's like my big thing this week is to figure out what I want to talk about and what I want to demo. That's awesome. I think that's going to be a great conference. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I don't just say that because we're sponsoring and sending our employee Corey to it. <laughs> oh, but your no, employee I Co Corey's coming? Yeah, he's going to be there. Be nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm fully expecting that all I'm of you nice. are going to welcome him into the fold. Make sure he is taken <laughs> care of, that he has people to talk to, that he eats something, you know, like. What is he, 12? <laughs> that he can't <laughs> feed himself? <laughs> no, just but kidding. I, I. I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's gone to like a SAS conference before, come to think of it. Um, I'm always nice. And I'm Be nice and hang out with him, him and like, you know. For sure. You're going to dinner great. with people, like invite him and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, so 
Real Sass is actually at the same time that uh, Full Stack Europe is happening, which so sad. I'm going to be at. So I'm giving a workshop there on customer interviews. So excited to do that because it's also going to be, we're going to, it's not just about customers. It's also going to be about clients and internal stakeholders because, you know, I learned at the last conference that like a lot of developers don't have direct access to the customers, but they still need to use these skills. But it might be in a different context. Like it might be, you know, in client context or with the various stakeholders that they have and just trying to like understand what those people want so they build the right thing and that that like the pain of revisions for them is really strong anyway so I'm gonna be there doing a talk and a workshop tickets are still available by the way in Antwerp and Aaron your co-founder is also gonna be there and so this is like the same that's so funny week like the first week of October I feel like all the conferences are happening at the same time because I was invited to another one in Copenhagen and I can't go because it's literally the same, the same. week. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad idea that like for both of our companies, we're all going to be tied up in conferences at the exact same <laughs> time. And so like our support is just going to be not very fast <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be a busy week, though. Oh, yeah. 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 I've got to I've got to sort that out. So that's my goal for today. That's my win the week for this week is figure out what I want to talk about, like what I want to demo. I started building out a whole application, but I don't know if that was smart because the UI like isn't part of the demo, but the UI also has to look decent to have a good demo. You well, know what I mean? When you have these demos with people, what is the point where people get excited? Yeah, that's funny because someone else asked me that when I was talking about the, to him about that this morning or Monday. People tend to like the developer interface very much how you just extend from our filter class people seem very happy about that they like the composability of it I don't know if we've gotten anyone super excited yeah you're yet. telling me they like things but you're not telling me they're like I don't feel like and this is what yeah this is what we're trying to figure out I don't feel like we've had an aha moment mm. I think the aha moment is going to be in like the tightly in a the how how tight it integrates into your application, like task lists that are automatic based on filters or the Zillow model where a user saves a filter and they get an email every time a new property pops up that matches their filter. I think those kinds of things are going to get people more excited. So I think that's... Oh, what, do you have that? Yeah. I mean, I haven't oh. built it yet, but I theoretically have that. <laughs> wait, wait, no, like I it can't. exists in the app or like you haven't built, like it, it exists in it exists. Refine itself, but you haven't Correct. built it into your demo app. Correct. It exists in Refine itself. I haven't built okay. it into my demo app. God, speaking of your tennis racket, there's a little fly buzzing See, there's a bug. I, I need <laughs> my tennis racket. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be quite, you know, we don't have music or sound effects on this podcast, but maybe... <laughs> burning bugs We're have, oh god I'm, I'm sorry to all of the um the insect welfare people listening <laughs> yeah yeah I think I mean and if you can show one use case like your client who was the real estate company was really excited to use this like yeah then maybe it's not the features they get excited about like but if they were really hoping to use it then then yeah maybe just do that so you're gonna are you gonna use the real estate website actually I'm making a fake real estate website is my plan right now. The but, fake but real I'm getting, estate website, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little sucked into like wasting time on things I shouldn't waste time on, like building property cards that look nice. Because, by the way, like there's something about like Adam Watham's videos 
that are just so soothing. I love to like watch Tailwind <laughs> how to build things videos at night and just build things. What is that called? Like ASMR or something? I like... don't know. But like, there's something about him, man. I like, he's like, and now we will make a property card. And I'm like, yes, I want to make a property card. <laughs> anyway. Um... You just have Adam on repeat going, style, style. <laughs> okay. So I have to say this. I was thinking about you and I was thinking about Tailwind and I was watching, okay, so I'm making this fake real estate website, which is probably, I probably have to descope it a little bit because it's probably way too much. But I was like, okay, so I want my properties to look nice. Like, I don't want to just like have a list. I want an image with like the, you know, the information. So he has this YouTube video on how to build, literally how to build property cards, which I, which I watched and copied. But I thought of you because I was thinking about, I was like, what Tailwind really does and what his marketing really does is you think he's he's like showing you how to design things, but it's really, it's something you talked about almost years ago, I think. When people buy something, there's a like emotional, psychological component to it. And what he really does is he makes developers who look at a blank screen and I'm like, I don't know what to do, feel powerful. Because all of a sudden it's like, I don't know how to build a property card. What should it look like? Where should the words be? Should they be bold? Should they not be bold? And like, he makes you feel so powerful because he's like, if you just watch my 10 minute video, you too can build beautiful property cards. <laughs> oh, so I cannot claim credit for the idea that, you know, marketing and selling is as much emotional as it is functional. That is definitely not my invention. But yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, you make people feel something and if you can take them from yeah. going oh holy crap there's a blank screen I have no idea what to do to hey oh wait I just okay I can do that hmm right. oh wait it I was can do so all of these things like yeah that's like he's making developers feel powerful in an area they usually feel powerless which is design so I have it's a brilliant. question for you so you're yeah. building a real estate app we have a lot of customers that are real estate apps okay you need address data for these fake places for sale don't you i mean theoretically if you want to i mean you, there aren't don't they need to like filter something like by like locations and school districts yeah and i was stuff just like, like that? putting putting random stuff in but do yeah. you want me to send you a file that's like some addresses with some data attached to it that people can filter on uh yeah that'd be great yeah so images, we we have too? like sample what i said do they have images too no, so so I mean I don't think you should use real houses for sale. Also, that data is proprietary to the local like oh. listing services, and it's like a, a whole thing. Okay, but we have yeah, sample data. lists. We have sample lists that we use. So like I we always use store locations for sample lists because I don't want to use somebody's house. So like in and we use ones that are pretty well distributed across the country. So in the U.S., we use Starbucks is our list. Okay, uh, or like our main sample list. We have we have tons of tests and samples and stuff like that but the main sample list is starbucks in the u.s okay guess what it is in canada uh tim hortons yes yes and then we have this like gas station in mexico that i forget the name of but it's like everywhere but yeah i can send you the i guess the the starbucks and the so we don't have as much data in canada that you might want for real estate but like yeah usually people want school districts with real estate data so like that might be something that they filter by or yeah, that would be great. That'd be super helpful because yeah. right now I'm just doing one, two, three street. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you some real address data with coordinates and stuff. So then you can actually like map it and 
Well, I mean, but then you're getting into like I was just saying, you know, putting in totally leaflet and like then it's like way out of scope. But at least it's like a now real we have, like, address, a real, like, a real yeah. real estate website. Um, yeah, send it to me and I'll, I'll see if it if it works out. I think I think the thing with this talk slash demo is like you said, figuring out kind of like what the aha moments are. So filtering. I like the email things. I like the, you know, I, I have to think of like almost like smart lists. People are really, people seem to get excited about the concept of a smart list. What is a smart list? So, for example, if let's continue with real estate, if I don't really know enough about real estate, but like, let's say someone uploads a new property for sale, it falls into the jurisdiction of Agent Sam. Instead of a person having to contact Agent Sam, Agent Sam can have a filter like in the app, I can build like Agent Sam owns this location. And so if the broker, okay, if I'm the broker, Colleen, I dump all the properties in, let's say, and they have to be assigned to agents based on the zip code. All of that can happen behind the scenes with filtering. And then I can even like change the filter. So if she, if Sam moves from jurisdiction A to jurisdiction B, she, I can just update her filter and then she'll only get the properties in jurisdiction B. Oh, so it's actually, okay, that reminds me more of like sales territory stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just making, okay. I mean, the, the yeah. example no, is yeah, totally No, yeah, no, I'm picturing out. that. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm just picturing this as like example, a user, like, like, a, like a buyer facing real estate website, but you're actually, this is more of something that's like internal to a brokerage, for example. Yeah, so let me give you another example. So I was, you know, I was talking to... um joe who owns rails devs and we were talking about like for example one thing it would be really useful in a job board when he has developers sign up so he wants to kick off like all this stuff what wait now i forget specifically what he wants to do but he can basically set up smart lists so when someone signs up they're put in a certain pipeline in terms of like email sequence or he is notified you know if like based on their level or he has people he has a two-sided marketplace right so people come in the co- the companies and they're looking for you know part-time developers in the united states when a new developer signs up the company can be notified without joe having to make the glue or get involved mm, okay kind of makes sense i really need so to like think conditional about it. Today logic basically yeah kind of i really need okay. to think about it today let me let me get back to you next week Okay. Once I've sorted it out. But like this concept of managing state or managing tasks, state's not a good word to use, like managing tasks or managing like lists, because the list can change, right? Like like broadcast email sequences is a big one. Those change based on who's signed up and what you want. Like managing all that stuff via filters yeah. is very powerful. I just have to think of like a way that makes sense to people that they can really wrap their like kind of be like oh that's really cool I want to do that yeah and I guess I mean the the nice thing about doing a real estate website is that most people have probably gone on Zillow or what have you and looked for properties so the like that is a very grokkable use case that's why I went with it I felt like I, I think it came I had some like bigger ideas that were more interesting honestly or like for the like alert thing it could be like I think I mean, I think most of them do this, but like, you know, if you have a filter set for new houses in this zip code in this price range and then it sends you an email. Right. And showing people, hey, like you don't have to build all of that. Right. I mean, you just literally you'd let your user and that that is something I'm going to add. Actually, I'm going to write that down because I'm going to add that today. Probably. 
because I think that's the thing about Refine that I feel like people don't get, and those people include myself, which is it's not just adding the ability to filter things on your website easily. It's also the actions that follow that filtering so you don't have to build all of the ductwork around that filtering which right. is a really hard thing hard to thing. explain right but you're it's basically saying to... you could spend you know a week or two building this feature so that people can get an email when there's something new in the database that fits their criteria that they've saved or you could just use refine um right. and so if you can find those examples of that because yeah, you need to find those those things where people are like, oh, wait, this is going to save me or my team a lot of time. Yes, agree. So that's that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to figure out this week. And what's reasonable in terms of like building it so I don't get sucked into, like, do I build a whole application? Should I build it inside like existing applications? Should I just show little pieces? That That's kind of the, the scaffolding I have to figure out around what I want to do here. I mean, it'd be cool if it's something that, it's just like a live demo that people can play around I know. With. I mean, I bought a domain for it already, obviously. I mean, but also like, you know, the, the danger of saying, oh, it would be cool if is like <laughs> oftentimes the things that you say, it would be cool if actually end up taking a ton of time. Right. And so it's it's really, and this is what I'm finding is like the time, you know, make sure I have to make sure I'm putting my time in the important things. The important things are showing what Refine can do. The things that are nice to have is like a decent UI and a cool site. But I think they kind of also, though, go hand in hand. So I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I'm trying to not over scope it or be like, I'm going to build this entire real estate application today. <laughs> well, I mean, if like, so you need to show the filtering on the page. Okay, have five examples of property cards that come up. But then if you're like, so that's cool, right? But then the really powerful thing is that I can save a filter and then get an email and that's what I think. All of this is done automatically and, you know, me as the developer did not have to manually build out all of this yeah for lack of a better way of putting it duct work yeah yeah i think so i think that's that's where i'm gonna start um and i just gotta i just gotta execute what is that relentless execution execute and win yes execute and god win. are we becoming like a startup hustle podcast like i'm here for it i'm so like i i am in that mindset right now michelle i'm like ready to be so aggressive like yeah i'm here for it let's be a hustle pod let's be like those really annoying people that are just like no let's not okay i'm kidding i mean i'm not kidding but yeah <laughs> we will be a semi-hustle pod what is, what is oh, semi-hustling man. we will be walking briskly <laughs> walking briskly like yeah, olympic so- walking i was i saw for some reason i was watching a gif of olympic walking the other day and it's like wow the craziest like Who looking judges thing. that like well, I think it's a walking. speed thing. Is it? I don't think it's I'm a just saying, how do sport. they? Like, no, think, you have to because you have to make sure they have one foot on the ground at all time. That's a rule. Whoa. Okay. You have a judge in that sense. Not like you have in figure skating. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I meant like, <laughs> yeah. No, like, line between like in Olympic baseball, walking and running. Like, not, is so you're like a referee rather than yeah, yeah. a judge. Um, um, oh, man. I had such a good week. I could talk for another like 30 minutes, but I won't. I have so much <laughs> else to tell you. Um, yeah. So that's that's good. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of, I kind of grilled you for like the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, Colleen, well, that's what we're here what are you for, doing this? Right? Why are you doing that? <laughs> that? I mean, that's like the whole point. I think, you yeah. know, Aaron and I were talking too is we feel like we're just at an execution stage. Like we have all of the pieces and we have all the advice we need and we just need to execute. 
And that's what we're doing. But also the reason we do this podcast and the reason we talk to people who have kind of been in the trenches or are in the trenches with us is because, you know, advice from people who have been there is good generally. Yeah, especially they're similar similar spot as you and yeah totally so yeah. that's the whole point i guess is it's good that you just grilled me because that's what that's what that's what i'm here for i had a few things i wanted to tell you let's do it so we've had a lot of chats recently basically about how stressed out i am we have <laughs> it's true so i feel like last week was actually better so okay. um i even got to talk to a customer last week which was yay so nice um had a wonderful conversation um with a customer of ours and and and, and it wasn't wonderful because she said everything was amazing there's actually a lot of places where she has need for a lot more features and 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 whatnot from us but it was just it was so good to get back to that because i keep feeling like i don't have time for that so that was really good and we're either you know I think I think I tend to what tends to sort of drag me down a little bit is when I have limited time to work so I spend all of my work time doing operational stuff which is something mm -hmm. that I feel competent at and I don't mind it like my first job was as an operations manager so like all of that stuff is you know feels like it's in my wheelhouse but there is a reason why I was only in that job for a year and then you know sort of elbowed my way into being a technical project manager instead because I just can't do it all the time like yeah okay um and so I tend to feel a bit weighed down when I'm only doing operational stuff because I just don't you know like there's a sense of relief when it's done like today we like finally filed our corporate tax returns for last year we don't worry we filed an extension um and I finally got our brokerage account funded and running and bought the shares today which has been like a year-long process to set up a corporate brokerage account if you would believe it so like I got those done it's like yay that's over but I don't feel the same kind of sense of like accomplishment from it that I do about product improvements or like stuff that like touches customers whether that's marketing or, or product stuff or even sales stuff really like I just I just don't get that same sense of accomplishment when it comes to accounting and insurance and yeah finance stuff and whatnot so it's been really good for me to get a little bit of that time back and actually getting some time to work on the product talk to customers a little bit like I'm hopefully soon I'm going to be starting my annual customer uh, portfolio analysis project, which is kind of my favorite project of the I was year. I was say, you love that. I remember I that from I love that. Year. Yeah. It's like your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. I did outsource some of it this year. So I do have my VA going through the... So basically what I do is I, I think I've told you, right? I take a list of our... The top 80% of our revenue, all of those customers, and then go through them one by one, figure out, you know, what the company name is and what industry they're in, like very high level. And then do that for every single customer and then not only start analyzing that data and looking for trends within industries and company sizes and stuff like that but then also talking to those customers who are either in you know at very at least you know checking in with with the people who are paying us the most or looking at segments where we want to expand to and making a point to talk to those people and stuff and so it's just something that I really really enjoy doing um, and always gives me so many ideas and helps crystallize our 
informal roadmap, though I guess it's probably getting more formal. But but yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. So now I at least have something on the like the product business side that I have to look forward to. That's great. Yeah. And I, I just I think that's been a really big realization for me that I, I just I just need that balance, right? Like I love being an entrepreneur because I wear so many different hats. And so if I get to a point where I'm only wearing one hat, then I get a little bit restless. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But that all, like, that probably seems so, like, <laughs> I don't know, up in the clouds to you when you're, like, you're, like, fighting for survival at this point, right? Like, you're just trying to sell the thing. Like, you don't, like, yeah. you were, like, a lion hunting in the wilderness trying to find meat, right? You know, you're just, like, out there trying to, you know, see if the thing is going to work and, 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 and get it out there and everything. And, yeah, the uh, all the operation stuff probably seems very far off. But it does. When but you're eight and a half years in, this is the kind of thing. Yes, you're doing what you have with. to do. I conceptually <laughs> totally get it. Like yesterday was the end of the month, so I had to do invoices. I hate doing invoices because I got to pay my contractors. I got to, invo- you know, and it, so it's not, you know, it's conceptually like the same. It's like really important. You got to do it, but it also takes you out of what you love to do, which for me is like the development stuff. And for you is, is what you were just talking about, like product development as well. So I conceptually get it. I think. You look like you're going to say something. I was just going to say, why don't you have a VA? I don't really want one. Not yet. But you want to spend all this time doing invoices? They don't take that long. Question mark? It's a couple, it's a couple hours once a month. Like It's, it's just a casually a couple hours when you could be <laughs> yeah. building the product or selling it to people. Maybe. Yeah, okay. But I think what's interesting about what you just said about like how we're in different stages, I almost think in some ways it's easier for me because... My goal is very clear. Like I mm. know exactly what I'm trying to do. Whereas I know, you know, I have other friends that are kind of in the position you are. Well, not quite where you are, but have had more success. And it's harder to, what's your goal? Like, like what's, I mean, you can think in a whole different way. Cause my goal is very specific. You can think in a whole different way with where you are. Like, like literally like, what is your life goal? And in your business and your life and it makes it maybe a little bit harder because your purpose is a little more blurry. I think it's a, um, oh, I've just forgotten the term for this now that I'm about to say it. What do they call it? Like the luxury of choice problem? What is it like? Do you know what I'm talking about? When you have like all, you have so many options and pretty much all of them are good and a paradox of choice problem. Paradox of choice. Right? Yeah. It's like almost spoiled by choice that like we have so many different options and you're trying to find the best one and then it's very easy to fall into a state where you're hyper optimizing and trying to find the most optimal goal or you're just like you know what is the meaning of life what is the meaning of business like right and it's like you and I think I have to like pull myself back from that too and I think that's why partly also why I really love the customer analysis project is because it makes it clear for me to see like hey like this segment's performing really well okay like how could we be doing more for those customers, like, you know, all of all the feature requests and ideas that we've had, like which ones are, are have been requested by those like types of customers or which would be helpful for them. You know, just it, it, that really helps me pull things down to a tactical level of like, oh, we should have more marketing for people who are doing distance calculations. Great. Like, right. you know, it, like it makes it really tangible for me. Like and in a way, that's how we've gotten to doing SOC 2 as well from seeing that we have a lot of customers in banking and insurance and financial services 
who really love us, but we were spending a lot of time on onboarding them or, or, you know, just kind of custom solutions and taking up a lot of time for everyone. Yeah. And that's something that we are executing on now is doing SOC 2. That became a goal in 2020. Like, I think that was based on 2019 data, right? So now we're mm. three years later. So these, t- they like, goals and, and, and initiatives almost, like, end up taking a lot longer time, which... I guess is something I'm, I'm I'm getting used to is that it's okay if something takes six months or a year or a year and a half for us to do it because we're not a big company but we are a we are a much I don't know like I guess a much more stable company with so many more customers so that the the ship is going to move a bit slower because it has to because there's so many edge cases for us to think about there's so many little details for us to do there's so many big things for us to think about there's so many people and apps that it's going to impact and mm-hmm. so a lot of care is necessary and actually i like that level of complexity and being getting to think at that level but yeah it's it's i i, I guess i find that to be a very grounding exercise because sometimes you can be like oh we could be doing that we could be doing this and then i look at that and i talk to people and it's like i think this is the, the this is where we're going mm-hmm so, because it's not just, and I think this is something that people might misunderstand sometimes, right? Is like, you know, customers are, they're never going to tell you what to do. They're never going to tell you a strategy. And quite frankly, they shouldn't. And if they do, you shouldn't listen to them, right? Like that's not their role. It's your role to digest all of that and turn it into a strategy. You don't just take what they say, like verbatim and then just do it, right? They're not a client for a reason. And so I really enjoy doing that like intellectual exercise of, yeah, looking at all of the data and talking to people, doing some research and figuring out what, what all of that means for us and what we should do. Yeah, that makes sense. My two, I, but again, am I too far up in the clouds here on like... No, I just think it's your... It's just interesting. Like I said, I just think it's... I totally understand what you mean when you say it's a grounding exercise, but also you could do none of it and it would be yeah, good. Yeah. fine. And no, so that true. must be like... So I, I think, you know, Rob Walling talks a lot about... He has like four things, but one of them is purpose. And he was just telling, I was listening to Startups for the Rest of Us just the other day. And he was talking about when he first got started, he just wanted to build a lifestyle business. And then he built a lifestyle business and then he got bored. So he changed what he wanted to do. And it's just interesting because when you hit a certain level in your business, your purpose could diminish. Because when you're like right now, look at me, like my singular focus is to build my businesses to a point where they sustain me so I don't have to do any consulting. If I can build them to a, like, I, I can immediately see how that's going to change my life. Like, it's so very clear. Mm-hmm. Whereas you are just in a different position, right? You could build it to yeah. a $10 million business. You don't even know if you want to do that. You could just do what you're doing. Yeah, but it's a weird thing where that's optional, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I I, um, I actually got to meet up with Peter Soom, you know, from Out of yeah, Beta yeah. and Out of Reform. Beta. And yeah, uh, I met up with him the other day and uh, we spent a bunch of time talking about Reform because I think I think you guys are actually in a similar spot. Actually, I feel like we should do like a podcast swap at some point and like you and Peter should talk to each other and then. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to Peter and, and then, you know, we were talking, you know, the whole afternoon about about Reform stuff. And um and he's like, oh, I didn't even ask you about Geocody. Like, like, how's it going with you guys? Like, you know, what's exciting that you're working on? And I was like, honestly, yeah. like, <laughs> this is nothing. Like, things are fine. Like, 
if there's stuff is exciting or you like, you know, exciting in the way of like, how are we going to like hit this goal and how are we going to survive? Right. Uh, it's almost like a bad kind of excite, like like I don't know how to describe that kind of exciting, like an like an anxious excitement almost, right? That that you're in. It's like if if you're in that state and you're that, like in your eight and a half years in, you're doing something wrong. Like it should yeah. be pretty boring, pretty you know calm and peaceful. Like at this point, yeah. like we 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 should not be <laughs> worried about paying ourselves or stuff like that at this point because especially for the kind of business that we've built like we would just be we would be doing something wrong if we were under that kind of like existential stress of like what is our product and how do we sell it at right. this point right so how is this working with like language school and is, is this giving you energy getting to do this product work and you're feeling are you a just little bit yeah I think on? I think because it is stressful to only have like three solid work days and then the rest of the days just kind of be patching things together yeah I have resolved that I don't want to be miserable from stress the next few months. I still don't know quite how much I'm going to achieve that. I am still doing the little journaling thing, but only, actually I've noticed only on the days that are really hard are the days that I need it when I feel okay. particularly tired. Oh, so Matthias was like, you know what? You have so much going on, but you really need to find time for yourself. Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, probably like, and he was like, you should sign up for gymnastics again and I was like no like I don't have time and I you know I haven't had any time to work out so I'm out of shape and like and he was like no you should just like sign up for it you need that for yourself and I was like fine whatever I'll do it like which is like such a point of like wow I have to be like dragged kicking and screaming to my favorite activity and I actually went on Tuesday and it was really great yeah I think that the concern I had was that it's late at night because it's you know after all of the kids have their gymnastics practice so it doesn't even start till 8 p.m and it's a half hour drive away so it's so it ends up being a long night because then I have to shower afterwards so I'm not in bed until like 11 yeah so it's hard when you know you've got a kid and you're up at 6 a.m every day no matter what but yeah yeah I'm so glad I went I'm so glad I made the time for it it's it's important to try to carve out that time awesome good so that was good so I feel like Things are slowly finding a rhythm and I'm just going to be exhausted for the next few months. And, and, and that's how it is. So, okay. but, but I can at least be mentally better about it. I did make a countdown list to like when my exams are and like the number Excellent. of, like, <laughs> I will <laughs> like, be crossing it off. off every single time. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I mean, I just, just gotta do it. Right. Though, um, actually, so, so, you know, uh, of DHH, you, you remember him? Yeah. He actually had an article in Danish in basically the Danish version of the Wall Street Journal okay. talking about how um, difficult Denmark has made it for spouses of Danes to live in Denmark oh, with wow. all of their requirements. Yes. So and you're like, yes. Yeah. Peter told me about this and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is spot on. So it's I think it was really helpful for me to read that because it's like, a OK, it's like not just me that has difficulty with all of these requirements. And also people are talking about it and, you know, if I say something about it, like, I'm nobody. Nobody cares, right? I'm also in the system, so I am, I have no vote, right? Right. But if someone like DHH is talking about it, like, he is so good at kicking a bee's nest, like. Yes. And sometimes that's good and sometimes not, uh, and we're not going to get into that here. But he is very good at stirring up a bee's nest. And so I'm like, if he makes this his personal cause, like, that would be amazing yeah and yeah 
a whole nother topic. But that, that actually, and I think that really gave me some, like, I think it was just helpful to read. It's like, okay, it's not just me that's struggling with this, which I think, quite frankly, I, I still feel like at the end of the day, the primary purpose of our podcast, in addition to us talking to each other, <laughs> is to make people have that feeling of it's not just me that's struggling with this. It's not just me that's that's having trouble figuring it out, right? Like, I feel like that's a very powerful and, like, reassuring feeling because I find it's easy to, like, get stuck in a loop of, like, is it just me that's, like, can't can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, I'm I'm feeling uh, um, more hopeful than I have, and and getting to do more of that work I enjoy. So things are trending Good. upwards. Okay, well I'm sure yeah. it will be like you know sinus not sinusoidal but up and down over the next couple months. Oh yeah, but it's good to hear that this is yeah. a good week. Yeah, I mean we're go- like I'm going to a retreat in November, like a week before my first part of the exam. So <laughs> I'm probably I'll bring the tequila. Like, <laughs> towards the end of that I'm probably gonna like I'm at the beginning I'm gonna be like whatever no responsibilities I don't care and then the end of it I'm gonna be like oh my god Super <laughs> like if you find me like shaking you know crying in a closet I'm just telling you now you know why like <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it doesn't end up like that but you know no it will not end up like that if it does. I'm sure <laughs> all right well, on that disappointing note, to pull a Jeremy Clarkson, do you want to uh, thank our listeners? Yeah. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev backslash supporters. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andreda Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Memo.fm, Jane and Benedict from Userlist, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gamez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Century, sorry Mike, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of Subscribe Sense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics. Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh, the annoyingly pragmatic founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from OpalNet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Nathan of Develop Your UX, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you for listening. Bye. Talk to you next week, Colleen. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from Userlist, 
Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Room Steals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nucy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.